0: In the arms of the angel, fly away from here. From this dark cold hotel room and the endlessness that you feel. You are pulled from the wreckage of your soul. Reverie, you are in the arms of the angel may you find some comfort here.
1: We're going to open with some sad news, folks. As most of you are aware by now, Twitter shut down President Trump's Twitter account, and as such. We'd like to wish the best to as many Reply Guys who are now unemployed. Dr. Eugene Gu. Brian Krasenstein. Edward Krasenstein. Scott Dworkin. Jeff Tiedrich. Claude Taylor.
2: For the time that it takes to get a cup of coffee, you can provide the content to engage these losers so they're not lost forever.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive
0: administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table.
1: You now can pass things without a filibuster threat.
0: You'll regret this, and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
1: Okay, I
3: gotta admit, that was some good singing by Duncan. (laughs) I can't believe it. I can't believe you guys convinced me to sing in the arms of the angel.
2: The voice of an angel.
1: Yeah, truly, truly impressive work.
2: What a
3: generational talent we have on this program.
1: I had no idea. I had no idea until now.
3: Well, you know, I, I, I I did a little singing in high school.
1: No, it shows,
3: clearly.
2: Yeah. I mean, classically trained, clearly. I mean, I did the, the octaves, the pitch.
0: I no, mean, the the the
3: the hardest part was just getting through it without crying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you did a you did a phenomenal
2: job. We have not had a lot to laugh about. This has been an absolutely shitty 10 day period. True. Uh so we wanted to give you a little uplifter at top courtesy of Duncan with Duncan. Thank you. And uh and then transition to what is what is legitimately sad news, uh, personally sad news for many of us who knew him um, with this morning's news of the passing of Sheldon Adelson. Mm. Um, uh, I can just say from a personal standpoint as a hero of mine uh, is somebody who did more behind the scenes for conservative causes, uh, for philanthropy, for um, sort of uplifting people around the world than anyone will ever know. Um, he did most of it privately and you wouldn't know about the stuff that he did, uh, but for like federal election commission reports, right? He never walked around and talked about what he donated to certain things. He just, he just did it. And the world lost a really good one today.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually lucky enough to get a chance to meet him over the past year and uh, very generous guy. Great, great individual absolute titan truly lived the american dream um pulled himself up built himself from nothing into an absolute titan um and like you said so generous
3: uh giving to many uh worthy causes he kept, really, it's, I mean, it's a he, loss he he paid his employees through the pandemic yeah in, in their healthcare That's... through the pandemic.
2: Yeah, none of um, none of that got much attention, Duncan. It you know, there's fifty thousand people who work for the sands, right? I mean, it's a huge operation, and they were shut down. You know, they didn't have for a large part portion of the spring, they didn't have anything open at all. And he continued to pay all of those employees. Didn't certainly didn't send out a press release or ask for any congratulations for it. He just sort of did what was right.
1: Amazing and it, absolute terrible loss.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is, and I'll just say finally, you know, the the, the last thing, and this is um, a a distant second beyond everything he he did for his family, his community, and and the world philanthropically. But the the reality is, there really wouldn't be much of a Republican Party without him. Uh, And and you know, we're we're sort of not in an era where we admire big donors, Uh, but this this guy, um, you know, Republicans have a much better record than Democrats do about the altruism of major donors. And in large part, that is because of Sheldon Allison, who every time he walked into a room of major donors, the seas sort of parted and and they watched how he conducted himself and how he interacted with lawmakers. And, you know, for 15 years or so of interacting with him uh, he never asked a thing, never asked for a thing. He, he did it because he believed in the cause. And I think that rubs off on a lot of other people. You know, you look at the, at the left, you know, major donors that they have, that they're environmental activists. You know, I'll recall they had all those major donors that were environmental activists at the end of the Obama administration and and Obama shut down the Keystone Pipeline project because of it. Yep. You know, like we don't have that problem in the Republican Party, but I think Sheldon is the reason for it.
1: Or like Bloomberg's another example, you know, when uh, he didn't get what he wanted. He, he said he would open up uh, the spigot uh was giving generously before he ran and and when he didn't get what he wanted he, he cut it off it's a very different kind you know he was absolutely looking out for the cause uh which he believed in and lived he lived you know the conservative ideals of of pulling yourself up from your bootstraps believing in a free enterprise and the american dream
2: yeah yeah he truly was the the best of us but um but let's get into the meat of the program here. Let's go. Let's get uh, it. And it, it touches on our opener, which is the the Twitter ban of President Donald J. Trump. Smug, so mm. what's your take here?
1: Wow. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, from, from a selfish perspective, you know, he had so many bangers. There were so many great tweets from over the years. He always always had a take on everything and would go straight to Twitter, you know, whether it was Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson breaking up, <laughs> whether it was, you know, the Coca-Cola company is mad at me. It's okay. I'll keep drinking their garbage. Like so <laughs> many incredible tweets. I mean, he was the king of Twitter. It was much fun. So uh, like, I think his best stuff came pre-presidency,
2: right? yeah. yeah he was like, was incredible. it was like pop culture's <laughs> color commentator.
1: I, I told people a thousand times, it's like, I could live a thousand years and I will never come close to the caliber of, of Twitter trolling that he put <laughs> up there. You know, he was Michael Jordan. We all live in his shadow on Twitter. It was just
2: dunk after dunk. And you could see for like a 10 year run that he had,
1: <laughs> he had just unmatched monster stuff. numbers. The guy put up monster numbers, led no. in every statistical category on Twitter.
2: I will say from my perspective, it became a little less funny when we were talking about Lynn Wood and Sidney yeah. Powell instead yeah, true. of like Alec Baldwin and Coca-Cola.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the presidency, I preferred his tweets were like there was a great one when when during the shutdown, he had uh, the championship team, from a college championship team at the White House. Yeah. And, and during the shutdown, he was like, out of my own pocket, oh, yeah. I've paid to bring, he said massive amounts of fast food. <laughs> I was like, that's how you know it's a rager, man. Someone's took, bringing massive a, amounts of fast food. Like the picture in front of all the Big Macs. I mean, that's iconic, iconic.
2: <laughs> or the or the one that he did with eating uh, uh, the Mexican yeah, food with in the, Cinco
1: de Mayo. Yeah, he was like the the the. What does it say? The best taco salad is at Trump Tower. Yeah. I love the Hispanics. Thumbs up. <laughs> it's, it's, we will never get that content again. You know,
2: no, no, and and truly, as we noted in the open, the reply guys are
1: hardest hit. Oh. Like, what are they going to do now? What can you do now? He created, it was like, you know, when the iPhone came about, it created this like economic ecosystem of app developers and <laughs> his Twitter created this like economic environment, this this ecosystem of reply guys. And now they're all toast. <laughs>
2: it really, it really are. They're going to have to figure out what else to, but I think, you know what? Honestly, I think they've showed up in my mentions.
1: Yeah. They're <laughs> like, all right, well, let's go, let's go to home's. <laughs>
2: I feel like snug. I feel like you and I have been inundated by these people who were previously just focused on on President Trump.
1: The torch has been passed. Uh,
2: it, you know? it, 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 it's incredible how many reply guys I've got, and, <laughs> and and this like leads to a larger conversation that we want going to want to bring back Duncan with Duncan on. Um, but but what's clearly happening from both the Twitter reply guys, the left, the Democratic Party the people who enable them within the media is that they're attempting to make anyone who isn't a bona fide progressive liberal mm-hmm. complicit for last week, despite the fact that everyone has universally condemned it. Yep. That's right? their game plan. They, they're trying to pretend as though people like us who've been in this for a long time and have conservative principles, Principles, push conservative governance, had a had a great debate early last week about how we felt like this was sort of getting off the rails that, that somehow we are the ones who have caused the problem, not just us. I mean anybody who basically is a
1: registered Republican. Yeah. And, well, anyone that, to the right of Bernie apparently was 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 there at the Capitol raising hell.
2: That's right. And and the goal, quite clearly, is to try to enact a left-wing agenda. By by putting conservatives in this impossible box that that aligns your rank and file Republican with QAnon.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this is the game plan. They're going to be like pass Green New Deal uh, because if we don't, QAnon's going to come storm the Capitol again. Like they're going to just make it a scapegoat for everything.
2: Everything, and you can already see that you know they pretend as though like Marjorie Taylor speaks for the Republican Party, right? And that's just that's just not true. I mean, there's a reason that we know that all of these people are are sort of famous, and it's because they're not very helpful if you're trying to you're trying to enact conservative solutions. These are people who make a living out of, of trying to be scintillating, trying to be you know uh, as, as far right as they could possibly be in terms of their rhetoric. So so they're not like serious people, but Democrats are using them to try to paint all of us. In order to get high taxes and liberal justices and
3: pre-New Deal and 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 the thing that's important to point out, Holmes, is that all of the misinformation used by these QAnon people or whatever uh, was first created by the mainstream media.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, Um, you know there was this this tweet um, last week from Oliver Darcy, uh, you know at 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 CNN. Um, Because now we're in mission creep mode. Uh, You know, originally it was, um, you know, condemn the protesters, um, condemn uh, President Trump, condemn Josh Hawley, condemn Ted Cruz. Now it's... I'll just read you the the tweet from Oliver Darcy. Big tech takes a lot of heat for distributing disinformation to millions. But what about TV carriers? Why do they escape scrutiny for beaming into millions of homes propagandists who recklessly use their platforms to spread lies and conspiracy theories? Really bold there, Oliver. Yeah. Um, So now now we're going to go ahead and we're going to ask like Verizon, Fios and Dish and uh, DirecTV to not carry Fox News basically is what he's trying to say there. Um, what Oliver doesn't tell you is that uh, from a CNN investigative report in 2017, and I, I tweeted this after I saw Oliver's tweet, this is a direct quote, the 2020 election will be hacked. That's what CNN said.
2: That's CNN's own content.
3: Yeah. I mean, yep. they had like a 10 minute packet where they had um, these folks in to a convention hall to basically open up a bunch of election machines. And um you know, rewrite code or trick them into doing weird things or what? As, as if what, what happens on election day is some hacker can hide behind a machine and change all the <laughs> votes. Like that's how it works. And, that, and they're selling that to the left. Correct. Because here's the thing. It's fine with Oliver. It's fine with Oliver to spread conspiracy theories when it's helping a bunch of liberals cope with the fact that Donald Trump beat them in 2016. Mm-hmm. But now in classic horseshoe theory, Right now we've got the Q and uh, folks taking all of those articles that were written and using them to justify their claims that Hugo Chavez, right. It what's what, what Sidney so Powell same, said, right. It's the same content. It's the same I mean, content. That's the thing is
1: like, there was this tweet of Nancy Pelosi's that got, you know, a lot of attention again, where, where she's saying that it's a fact that our election was hijacked in 2016. And, You know, the left spent years undermining faith in elections. And and then they just try to act, you know, they wash their hands, be like, oh, we, we, you know,
3: they don't give a shit shit from. They don't give a shit. It's like I said on that episode on Tuesday before all this went down. The Democrats don't give a shit about any of that. The same media that said they were worried about dangerous rhetoric now had no problem saying Mos- Moscow Mitch, right? Mitch McConnell's a Russian asset. That was printed in the Washington Post by Dana Milbank. That was the headline of his column. And nobody in the media, when that happened, was like, I don't know, maybe this goes too far. Yeah, right? the cover,
1: I mean, the cover of Time Magazine after President Trump was elected, they had the White House turning into like those, you know, the Russian uh, onion domes. They're, that wasn't even the Kremlin. But I mean, these people aren't smart. But, they're, but they made it widely. Widely uh, believed by, by their readers and, and by folks who watch, you know, liberal cable news organizations that this election was stolen. It was hijacked. They completely undermined the American people's faith in, in fair and free elections. And but they, I think
2: it, I think a really important piece of this, Duncan, that you've brought up, it, it's not that the QAnon folks have adapted the argument that folks on CNN made over the course of 4 years it's that they used the exact same content it's it's not it's not that they were saying similar things it's that they literally repurposed correct the content that was created in mainstream outlets like the Washington Post correct and like
3: CNN correct. to argue that the election was hacked Co- correct specifically OANN used that CNN packet and said even CNN says, yes, you see what I'm saying? So yes. they they use the credibility of the mainstream media to prove their conspiracy theory. I,
2: I saw it. I saw a tweet. I think it was like Bernie Carrick or some guy who'd like lost his mind years ago, uh, citing a guy uh, who was citing the Washington Post about the whole Moscow Mitch thing. Not, and the allegation from the left that he was somehow blocking election security. Right, right,
3: right, right, right. Because that's the thing is after Moscow Mitch, and and mind you, Twitter had no problem with massacre Mitch McConnell, you know, Moscow Mitch, Moscow Mitch McTreeserson, all these things were trending on Twitter constantly after all this went down. Joe Scarborough said Mitch McConnell is aiding and abetting Vladimir Putin's ongoing attempts to subvert American democracy. I mean- But 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 specifically to your point, after that came a rash of these articles, because what happens is these journalists pick up on on what a bunch of resistance people are are tweeting and say, wow, here's a bunch of opportunities for clicks. And so they write story after story about so-called election security. And Mitch McConnell got a thousand dollars from a Dominion, uh, you know, voting machine lobbyist at one point. And that means he's probably compromised by Vladimir Putin and wants to steal the election. Newsweek, in particular, wrote that article about Dominion Machines. The Stop the Steal folks used that specific article after Mitch McConnell recognized Joe Biden's Electoral College win in December and said, Mitch McConnell's compromised. Can't trust him. So it's used by the—and here's, I think, the distinction, because obviously,
2: left and right, the hypocrisy forever knows no bounds. The distinction here is that we have separated out rightly— the insanity of the QAnon movement and how far out there some of these claims have been about stealing elections. The problem is that the content in many cases comes directly, not, not reinterpreted, not repackaged directly link, click send from the mainstream media and the work that they were doing on behalf of Democrats to delegitimize President Trump
3: in 2017. Look, I'm, I'm not going to say the guy's name because he'd probably love it and would probably get a bunch of engagement complaining about it. But there was this guy, you know, um, a sort of like independent, quote unquote, conservative journalist who is specifically doing this thing, screenshotting. Uh, you know, the Newsweek article about about Dominion machines and Mitch McConnell's compromise, because, you know, the other thing that they say is he's married to uh, Elaine Chao. Um, and they just like throwing a bunch of racism in there, too. But um, I quote tweeted it uh, and said, this is Russiagate, you moron. <laughs> like what <laughs> you're doing is just inverting Russiagate. <laughs> right. Like literally, literally, though. literally. literally. Well,
1: I I also want to bring up specific, you know, if you want to talk about meddling and such, the Lincoln Project ran ads targeting Republicans in Georgia saying the election was rigged. Yeah, straight up.
3: Right, right, right. We mentioned this on a previous previous episode. I I tweeted about it to put a little more context to it because I I noticed the Lincoln Project folks are now very concerned about conspiracy theories and violent rhetoric (laughs) Um. You know, these are folks who had no problem spending twenty thousand dollars to tell every Republican in Georgia um, that elections are rigged and you shouldn't vote. vote they were fine. Them. They were fine with that before people stormed the Capitol, and now they want to turn around and say Josh Hawley needs to resign and Ted Cruz needs to resign.
2: I mean, the the, the level of cynicism in that is just remarkable. You can also see, by the way, why it is that these guys got run out of Republican politics because they're not very good at what they do. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 flailing all over the place to try to get in front of, you know, what they think is a winning strategy. And then all of a sudden, something terrible happens, like it happens last week, and they immediately flip on a dime and pretend it never happened.
3: Right. And I mean, none of this excuses what happened at the Capitol, obviously, um, and it is condemned uh, by by everyone, Republicans by everyone. and Democrats. Mm-hmm. But like, we we still got Mark Elias contesting New York twenty two. Like after we've spent the whole week saying contesting elections is is undemocratic. Um, the Democrats are still contesting the New York 22 congressional election where Democrats are losing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Funny how that works, right? And it's wow. certified. Right, Doug? isn't that? I don't know if that one's certified. I think the Iowa one is certified. Yeah. Um, and guys, we really need to to not let them sneak by um, on those elections. And we need to figure out what Nancy Pelosi ultimately does there. So we're going to keep in the loop on that. And we'll give you guys updates. And,
2: and But also, also, like, look back to the original point, which was the left is trying to delegitimize any conservative by basically implying that they're complicit in what happened. Included in that is the focus on election security, Right. That that raising questions about election security is undemocratic. Meanwhile, Mark Elias is doing all of that in all these other states, and nobody's paying attention, right? But but important, and we've raised this a number of times on this program. It is not about Dominion voting machines and all the bullshit that ultimately this came about. It's about things like voter ID. It's like it's about things like vote ballot harvesting and systemic changes that Democrats have tried to make to give themselves an advantage at the ballot box. That's real guys, that that part is real. And that is what Republicans were trying to block when the whole Moscow Mitch and all those things came up in 2017, the, 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 the arguments that QAnon is using now that were invented by the media in 2017 are in direct relation to a very low profile of election security issues that only a few people, few Republicans were fighting on the hill, right? So Democrats were trying to get all this stuff done in federal legislation that, that would eliminate voter ID, that would legalize ballot harvesting throughout the country, that would have all kinds of corrosive effects on the system The Republicans actually stopped and deserved great credit for, got a rash from the left in, the, in all of these arguments that we now know and, and basically, conservatives didn't even know it really happened. And, and so, like, that's the stuff we got to keep focused on.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, I, I saw a funny story, actually, recently to, to change the subject a little bit in The New Yorker. Oh. Um,
2: <laughs> our friends, I feel like all of our good content comes from The New Yorker.
1: Now. <laughs> right. Uh, guess who's back? Josh, why don't you get into it? Our old well, Our so old friend. I-
2: let me let me preface <laughs> it. Let me preface it by saying that this publication I, I fear has a problem. <laughs> Truly. I, I fear has a problem because you'll recall that the New Yorker is the publication that told us that Kavanaugh was a gang rapist, right? And and you know, that was it was ridiculous and thrown out, and everybody thinks it was it was incredibly inappropriate. And I don't even know if they still have lawsuits pending, but they should if they don't. Um, but but conversely, what made them so wild is that they also attempted to rehab El Franken. You mm-hmm. remember this? I remember At, like within months of the Kavanaugh thing, they had a piece that was attempting to rehab L. Franken by diminishing all the allegations of sexual impropriety against him. Basically, like I ah, got a tough rap. We ran him out too early. Right. So, all right. Maybe that's a one off. No. Nope. You remember a few weeks ago, our boy Tubin? they tried to rehab. Right, they they had this big article about you know, ah, was it so bad that he was, uh, you know, doing what he was doing on the Zoom and and like you know, acting as though pulling your putt in a company conference call is not such a big deal.
1: Tubing with tubing,
2: right? Tubing with tubing. So so that was number two. Number three showed up last week in the form of our old pal
1: Anthony Weiner. Of course, of course, it was. We were about due for 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 him to come back.
2: You'll recall Anthony Weiner was a congressman from New York, married to Huma Abedin of Clinton fame, who had to resign from Congress when he just flat out posted a picture of his dong on the internet. (laughs) He was trying to DM and he he just put it out there um, and he had to resign for it. And then we soon found out that that was like a pattern, right? That he
1: had had a lot
2: going on, a lot going on. And gotten himself into trouble again, and ultimately was the was the focus of the Comey uh, inquiry at the end of the twenty sixteen election. So that, I mean, that, and it all because he was sending his parts to people.
1: It's, right? It's so wild how that ultimately, like the dominoes from him going ham in the DMs, ultimately leads to Hillary's emails. Like incredible.
2: I mean, but no, like the the story of the the. I should say the like cinematic production of the Trump years couldn't be complete. If we didn't bring Anthony Weiner
1: back.
3: Had to, he had to. Right? It's like the, it's like the butterfly effect. <laughs> Perfect. You know, one, one DM of his crank Trump becomes president. And now it comes full circle four years later. Yeah. <laughs> really it's you couldn't write a better script. So,
2: so the New Yorker wants to check in on him and I'm grateful thank truly grateful for their diligence in attempting to rehab every sexual predator on the left uh because we now know that he is uh running a countertop store uh they create countertops it's called ice stone uh and they go through it's kind of like I mean, I don't even say that you should read it because it's kind of a waste of your time, but it's not very long. And it's basically oh, like going through the wow, day-to-day life. You know, the mundane life of of Anthony Weiner, who is at the center of this political storm, who's now selling countertops. <laughs> and, but my favorite is this this paragraph because it, of what they're trying to do with it, right? Yeah. It's not, they think this, the, the paragraph in and of itself is sort of innocuous, but you know, we'll talk about what they're trying to, let me quote, that afternoon, we wiener would turn his attention to ice stones warranty which he wanted to beef up from 10 years (laughs) hold on let me just stop i can't get through this talking about wiener the word
1: choice dude
2: but but anyway anyway i'm moving on it's a very durable product he said even slabs that break in production process get saved we keep them around for smaller jobs very little goes to waste like basically what they're trying to do, he's a, he's turned his attention to the warranty because he's a good businessman, he cares about his
1: customers. And He's an environmentalist, you know, very little goes to waste. He's this an guy
2: environmentalist. Is... It's like <laughs> virtue signaling all of these qualities behind this guy, yeah, who we know is an absolute terrorist of sexual
1: impropriety. It's like, listen, okay, I mean, sure, sure. He liked he liked uh Sending inappropriate things to underage girls, but at the end of the day, the guy tries to even save the slabs that break in production. Okay, can he get a break? Come on. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah, you know, I mean, did he did he uh, have to serve federal pen time for sending his crank to underage women? Sure, sure he did. But sure. you know what? What's important here? He cares about his customers.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a man of deep conviction, he can never go too far. You know, he's he's a hero ultimately.
1: It's- so- I I just I just can't understand why. Why? Why do they try to like the New Yorker is now officially rehab for weirdos?
2: I can't wait. But, you know, like maybe one thing that the minions could help us with crowdsourcing on Twitter is who is the next rehab program? Because I'm having trouble figuring out, you know, who is the next Democratic uh, pervert who's going to undergo the New Yorker treatment.
1: I mean, there's a lot of candidates, to be honest. Is
3: it Harvey Weinstein? Are they going to bring him back? That
1: oh would be something. God. I would. I mean, the thing is that there's no bottom for these folks. They're willing to go anywhere, so who knows?
3: Think about that. That would have to be a
1: lengthy
2: magazine piece because he couldn't come right at it, right? You'd have to do like a thousand words of apologizing and then rise him back up at the end. I don't even know how it's possible. I mean,
1: the, I, I could absolutely see them doing it, though, is a the thing. They'd be like, oh, wow, he, he made such great films, <laughs> created such opportunities for so many struggling actors. It's like, good God.
0: Uh,
2: well, look, our endeavor here at Ruthless is to keep it light, which was tough last week. It's still tough, but we're trying to give you some good good content. And moreover, the slow turn here towards the future. And we're going to have a lot of guests coming up. We've deliberately taken a couple of weeks to try to sort of reset our own compasses. and, and, And like all of you, try to figure out what it all means. But we've got some really good kind of future of Republican politics guests lined up. And, um, and I'm really excited about the program.
1: Yeah. I mean, the content's going to keep coming, folks. And we appreciate the growing numbers of listeners. They keep us encouraged and, and we keep the content coming. Uh, you folks keep, keep telling your friends to subscribe. Our numbers continue to grow and we appreciate it so much. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.
0: In the arms of the angel, fly away from here, from this dark, cold hotel room, and the endlessness that you fear. You are pulled from the wreckage of your side in reverie you